Good morning, and welcome to another Monday mini episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Abby. And I'm Erica. Today, I'm going to be telling you about Daniel Lee Lewis. Get yourself some coffee, and let's dive into it. This episode was a listener suggestion from David F., so thanks for that. 47-year-old Daniel Lee Lewis was convicted for murdering William Mueller, Nancy Mueller, and their 8-year-old daughter Sarah Powell in 1996 in Searcy County, Arkansas. William worked as a local gun dealer. Daniel had an accomplice named Chevy Kehoe. That is a name choice. It is a name choice. Daniel had shot the family to death, covered their heads in plastic bags, and sealed it with duct tape, and then weighed them down with rocks and threw them into the Illinois bayou. How did he come across this family? So I'm going to go into some of that background, actually, between him and Chevy. Daniel and Chevy were a part of the Aryan People's Resistance, or the APR. Chevy and his father had formed the APR to establish an independent nation of white members of the Christian identity faith in the Pacific Northwest. Now, that's a quote. That's not me, like, 100% (laughs) quote. A quote from what they say they are. How they define their organization. Daniel and Chevy met in 1995, and this was when Chevy recruited him into the APR. In January of 1996, Daniel and Chevy headed to Arkansas, where they dressed in police raid clothing and went to the home of William Mueller. The reason that they knew of this family was because Chevy had previously robbed the Mueller family in 1995 with his father. When Daniel and Chevy went in 1996, the Muellers were not home at first, but Daniel and Chevy waited for them to get there. And when they returned home, they overpowered William and his wife. And then they questioned the eight-year-old daughter, Sarah, about where they could find cash, guns, and ammunition. They ended up finding $50,000 in cash, guns, and ammunition. And at this point in time, they murdered the family. So it was partially a... It was a robbery and a murder all in one. It was just feeling so random. So I was curious like what the connection was there. So they targeted a family they knew had some money. Yes. And then also were twisted sick individuals on top of that. Correct. In June of 1996, the family's bodies were discovered in Lake Darnell, which is near Russellville, Arkansas. Police were able to trace the guns that were stolen by their serial numbers to Daniel and Chevy, and they were able then to arrest them in 1997. On February 20th, 1998, Chevy pleaded guilty to felonious assault, attempted murder, and carrying a concealed weapon related to a shootout in Ohio during a traffic stop. And that gun that he had at that shootout is the one that they traced back to the whole thing. That's kind of their whole connection right there. So it sounds like Chevy wasn't really hands-on in the murder aspect of it. It didn't sound like he was. he didn't plead guilty to... I'm going to get into that in a minute. Okay. So he received three life sentences in prison without the possibility of parole. And he's currently imprisoned in Florence High Penitentiary in Colorado. The story was a little bit different for Daniel, though. On May 4th, 1999, a jury found Daniel guilty of numerous offenses, including three counts of murder. And while Chevy received three life sentences, Daniel was sentenced to death. It sounds like how it played out is that Daniel really 
took on more of the heavier crimes in court. It's it, They put more on him for some reason. There is a theory, though, that a part of the reason that people believe that they did it is because Daniel looked worse off than Chevy did. What do you mean by so, that? So Daniel had lost his left eye in a fight years back, but he also had SS bolts and a Triskelin tattoo on his neck. And for those of you that don't know, SS bolts are a common white supremacist symbol derived from Nazi Germany. And the Triskelion tattoo can mean a lot of different things. And I don't know exactly what it meant in this, but a couple examples are, could mean life, death, and rebirth. It's, it's three different things. Or it could mean power, intellect, love, past, present, future. It could mean any like three things combined together. So I'm not sure what that one specifically was. But the white supremacist symbol, it's kind of believed that the jury, when they saw him with all of this, decided to give him a harsher sentencing because of it. Yeah, you could, like, they could already kind of tell what type of guy he was. What I wonder, too, is if Chevy gave some information and stuff that took away some of the... And that's possible. I mean, he still received three life sentences. Yeah, I was just looking at the actual charges they mm-hmm. put on them, you know, because... There were some other charges with Daniel other than the murder, mm-hmm. um, but those were the main ones. Those were what sentenced him to death. The mystery has been solved. Here at Crime Over Coffee, our go-to caffeinated beverage for every episode is Fire Department Coffee. And you can get some as well and save 15% with our exclusive coupon code CRIMEPOD15. Owned and operated by firefighters and veterans, 10% of all their proceeds go directly to helping sick and injured first responders. And with an incredible range of flavors and caffeine strength, it's a company that all of us can easily support. So please go to firedeptcoffee.com and use our coupon code CRIMEPOD15 to support us, support them, help first responders, and get some incredibly tasty coffee along the way. Once he received this sentencing, he did try to appeal it a couple different times, but the government kept saying, no, 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 the death penalty for you. He was then scheduled for execution on Tuesday, July 14th, 2020 which would be the first federal state execution to take place since 2003. Been 17 years, and he was scheduled to be put to death in Terre Haute, Indiana. Did it happen? Yes. There was a little bit of issue with the whole execution happening, because I don't know if you guys have heard of it, but there's this COVID situation going on around the United States, and really the whole world, but specifically in the United States. And the victims expressed concerns about like attending the execution but it was literally overnight that the government decided because originally it was postponed they had like paused the execution and then overnight the government was like no we're gonna go through with the execution execute him overnight oh like the victim's families Mm -hmm. so erlene peterson which was nancy mueller's mother opposed the execution saying that she didn't want it to be done in her name. She did not want somebody to be put to death for having murdered her daughter, granddaughter, and son-in-law. Which, if you guys haven't, I recommend listening to our death penalty episode where we talk about this kind of situation right Mm -hmm. here. Whether or not she, you know, should have a say in that. Absolutely. Daniel Lee Lewis was pronounced dead at 8.07 a.m. on Tuesday, July 14th in Terre Haute, Indiana, through the use of lethal injection. Like I said, there was some controversy over the fact that he was pretty much put to death overnight and everybody just kind of woke up to it and didn't know that it was happening. His final words were, quote, I didn't do it. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life, but I'm not a murderer. You're killing an innocent man, end quote. 
Was there any doubt that he was the one who was a part of this throughout the trial? I don't believe... I mean, if there was, then they shouldn't have convicted him. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. From what I've read, it sounds like he was guilty. But I also... I mean, I don't know the whole situation. I also know if you walk into a prison and ask anyone, they're going to tell you they're innocent. So the fact that he said he was innocent doesn't really mean a whole lot. But we also, if like Abby said, listen to our death penalty episode. We do talk about a case where a man was put to death and then later found that it was a wrongful conviction. You do hear that a lot in the confessions, like right before they're put to death, their final words. Spew a lot of stuff. A lot of different sentences come out of people's mouths but there's definitely a lot of them a fair share that are saying they're innocent and it's crazy to think that it does happen where someone is put to death and when they're innocent i don't know that this situation is one of those i agree i don't know that this is like a situation where he was innocent yeah i'm not feeling that but but i i don't know just like a little tangent there it does happen yeah i mean i don't know the i wasn't there for the entire case or the trial or any of it But from what I've read, it sounded like he was guilty. The only thing that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense is Chevy getting the three life sentences, getting like a different sentence for everything. But yeah, it's it feels like uh, there's something else to the story there Mm -hmm. and why their charges varied and were so different. So I'm curious about that. Maybe um, try to look into it. So Daniel Lee Lewis was the first federal execution to take place since 2003 in Indiana. But he was not the only one the week of July 14, 2020. There were a total of three people, three men that were put to death that week. So while he was the first federal state execution to take place since 2003, there were actually a total of four people scheduled to be executed in the Terre Haute prison in Indiana during the week of July 14th. There was somebody who was scheduled to be executed on the 15th and the 17th. And then another one on the 28th. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Crime Over Coffee. You can find us on Instagram at Crime Over Coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. Also, all of our sources can be found in the show notes of each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. Donations are greatly appreciated and assist in making the podcast possible. Other ways to support us include recommending us to friends and family, giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening medium. So again, thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.